Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and I'm glad that you're taking some time to study the Bible. You know, it's, a, it's an important thing, and the wonderful thing about technology today is you can literally pick up your phone, your computer, your tablet, your watch even now in some cases, and you can listen to a podcast about anything. I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I definitely, of course, I would be uh, not doing my job properly if I didn't plug the Scattered Abroad Network, right? You've heard me talk about it a lot already this season, but it is such a blessing to discuss the network and to be a part of it. And so I want to make sure you all know, because maybe this is your first episode you've ever listened to, and you don't know about the Scattered Abroad Network. It's an umbrella of podcasts with about 13 shows now, and you can download it on your phone, and you might be thinking, okay, but do I have to download all 13 individual podcasts? We do have a Master Feed program. That's technically the quote-unquote 14th podcast, but it's not really a different show. It's just all of the shows on that one feed. So you can go and download that and have it if you want and watch, well, watch. You can listen to our shows and watch our monthly podcast on YouTube. Now, this season, we're talking about suffering from the biblical perspective. And so today we're talking about Bible characters who faced suffering from a side of depression. You know, we talked about the idea of depression being a biblical topic last week, and now we're shifting our focus to, is this something that characters of the Bible faced? And how did they handle it? Let's start with Elijah. You know, contextually speaking, Elijah in 1 Kings 19 should be on top of the world. I mean, he had just successfully defeated the prophets of Baal. He should be on cloud nine. But in 1 Kings 19 and verse 1, Ahab tells Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had executed all of the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel responds in verse 2 by saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and fled, ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey, verse 4, into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And how does he respond to being threatened? He says, God, it's enough. Just just kill me. Just take my life. I am no better than my father's. I should just die. And he's understandably depressed. His life is threatened by a wicked and powerful woman. 
Now, hold your thought on Elijah here because we're going to go on to the next character, and I want to come back and look at how each of these three characters handled it. So we're going to move on to David. Again, he's a man, another man of God. I mean, what, what do we know about David but that he's a man after God's own heart? He shouldn't have to worry about anything at all, right? Wrong. Psalm 42 and verse 1, you'll know this one. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And you've probably, if you've gone to church camps or devotionals and other things, you've, you've sung this song, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. We don't really sing verse 3, do we? We don't sing verse 3, which tells us that my tears have been my food day and night, day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? Where is your God? Think about this for a minute. God is not missing in reality, but the enemies of David are saying, where's your God at? And he says in verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God and with the joy of, of voice and praise and a multitude that kept a pilgrim free, a feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me, and therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mazar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me, and the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies approach me. And they reproach me by saying all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. David had many reasons in his life that he could have felt this way. And it's not the only psalm that would be written in this style penned by David. But there's a third person I want us to look at before we look at how they all responded and then move on into our next part focusing on the fact that depression does not have to be the end. And that's Jonah here, the third character we want to look at. Do you know what reason Jonah had for being depressed? You know what it was, right? He had gone to Nineveh, and he had preached the gospel, and Nineveh had said, we will not repent, and they threw Jonah into prison, and they were taking him basically a stay of execution while they waited to see what they were going to do to him and discussing whether they should kill him or not, right? Is that what your Bible reads? No, and in fact, in Jonah chapter 3, he preaches this sermon, and they repented. All of them. And you pick up in verse 1 of chapter 4, and you got to be a little confused here because it says, it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. 
And so he prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, wasn't this what I said when I was still in my country? And therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm or is reluctant. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. Just kill me. It's better for me to die than to live and essentially see Nineveh be in a covenant relationship with you, God. I'd rather die than see that. And so Jonah went out of the city and he sat on the east side of the city and he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade and he wanted to see what might become of the city. So he's got a front row seat, so to speak. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. You know, if he were a gospel preacher today and had the type of response that chapter 3 shows, you know, more than likely he's going to be called by many congregations saying, would you come do that for us? So why do you get upset? You know, depression is not the end. It can become the end, but it doesn't have to be. Go back to Elijah for a minute. It seemed like the end, but God provided. In 1 Kings 19 and verse 5, as he was sleeping under this broom tree, suddenly an angel awoke him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. And so he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Elijah thought it was the end, but God says, No, no. I've got something in mind. Now, what about David? You know, for David, it it appeared like the whole world was crashing down around him. But God was bigger. If you go 103 Psalms later to Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9 and 14, 20 and 21, you'll find the following things penned by David. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall, and raises up all who are bowed down. Verse 20 and 21, the Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall shall speak the praise of the Lord. And all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. You know, Jonah, unfortunately, doesn't have that happy ending that we know David and Elijah had for their situations. You know, how could God let a wicked nation repent? Verse 9, after this gourd, that this plant really, that God had made for Jonah was destroyed in a night, Jonah becomes angry, 
And God asks him in verse 9, and he says, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it's right for me to be angry even to death. And the Lord said, you had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Should I not pity Nineveh? That great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? You know, and I used to read that, and I would think, you know what? He's talking about children there, right? And maybe he is. Uh, some commentators suggest that he is. Others are not really sure if he's talking about children or if he's, you know, just saying that the Ninevites themselves could not discern between their right hand and their left hand. But that last three words of this verse, the last time I studied this, puzzled me. Much livestock. It almost comes across like God is trying to say to Jonah, will you allow the livestock to be the reason the city can be saved? You know, Jonah had the wrong idea. He's more focused on what he believed was right, what he thought should be the case. And when God didn't meet his standard, he was angry. Do we do that? Do we set unrealistic expectations for our world or even our Lord and get irritated when they're not met? Are you depressed with the way the world looks right now? Look, it's, it's June while I'm filming this. This episode is supposed to air in September on the 15th. What's happened since June? Only the future selves of us can really know, and only future Michael can answer that question for me right now. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to be here in September. I don't. I, I hope that I am. But we can get depressed at the current state of our affairs, so to speak, the current state of our life, and we can completely understand nothing in doing that. We don't understand life if we're going to allow our situation to dictate our state of mind. Again, it's not that it's sinful for you to become depressed. I've had moments of depression. I talked about that in my first season where I talked about the Crohn's disease and the depression that came from that to where I didn't like getting in the car and driving to the doctor's office because it was just a constant reminder for that 40-minute drive that I'm sick. I'm sick, and I have to go to the doctor, and this isn't a checkup where he's going to tell me something's good. This isn't something where I can go to the doctor, and he'll be like, hey, you're fine. Don't worry about it. We beat this thing. I'm sick. I've had moments of depression for sure. But that's not God's fault. I can make it his fault. But that doesn't mean that it is. Depression doesn't have to be the end. We can get through it. Next week, we're going to look at tips for getting past depression from both a biblical and medical side, if you will. So 
tune in. And until then, please God now, so our eternities can be far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.